0: Welcome to Purpose 360. I'm Carol Cohn, and we have a really special show for you today. Um, you all know that I am a huge fan of CECP, Chief Executives for Corporate Purpose. And I have been a friend for almost their entire life. They're over 20 years old. They had their anniversary this year. And they have a, an annual report that is so, so Profound and helpful to the entire industry, and it's called giving in numbers. So today I have with me Carmen Perez, um, who's Senior Director of Data Insights at CCP, and Andre Solerzano. And Andre, I hope I got that right. And if I didn't, you can correct me. So he is the Senior Manager of Data Insights. And we're going to do a deep dive into giving in numbers, because this is a report that any purpose professional should have in their um their toolkit, uh, truly giving them benchmarks to advance the work they're doing in their organization. So welcome, Carmen and Andre. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Not every single one of our listeners knows CCP. So, Carmen, let's just start with a brief description of CCP, how many members you have, and then talk a little bit about just how you get this data, You know how you field it with your members, how rich it is, et cetera. So over to you, Carmen.
2: Thank you, Carol. And we're so happy to be here on your um, On Purpose, Purpose 360 podcast because CECP, we are Chief Executives for Corporate Purpose. So how perfect is that? And our coalition is over 200 multi-billion dollar companies, all working together around our mission to create a better world through business. That's been our uh, sort of guiding light for many years. As you already referenced, we had our 20th anniversary this year. Really excited to celebrate that. Um, And in terms of the history about CECP's giving in numbers, there's two key numbers in addition to 20, which we just said, and that's 14 and 18. So this is actually our 14th giving in numbers. And behind the scenes, we actually have 18 years of the uh, unrivaled benchmarking data for this field on corporate social investments. This is uh, a credit to our companies. It's really their data. So each year we run an annual survey. That's one unique factor of giving a numbers. All of this information is company reported. We don't pull from secondary sources. And this year, the, the complete report actually covers more than 300 companies that have provided some type of information to CECP. We focus on large companies because we know when it comes to benchmarking, people want to be able to compare to firms that have similar challenges, similar opportunities. Um, there's something really powerful about the scale of these companies when they take on these social issues. And then, When we say that we're the the leader in providing this benchmarking data on corporate social investments, what we mean by that is all the resources and assets companies bring to bear for their social strategies, particularly in response to community stakeholders, to employee stakeholders, and how they're trying to tackle some of the social issues which are material to their business. And you
0: just went went to, there's two points I want to make here. One, I know that many of our, our clients, uh, you know, get the um, the, the research um, questionnaire, and it is really thorough. And I think that a little part of them goes, oh, it's going to take a long time. But then when they get the results, they're really smiling. So can you talk a little bit about the methodology? How many questions? Um, it, I'm sure it takes quite a long time to fill out. And then also the level of the person who fills it out. It's not given to a junior associate. It's filled out by a very senior person.
2: Well, what I'd say about that is that we do have a a reputation around rigor in our benchmarking data. And that does connect back to looking not just at high level data that companies are collecting, but being able to cut that data in more than one way. And, Going a little bit deeper on the strategy behind that, the program details behind that. Um, and so, you know, in terms of timing and length, it really varies because we think that we want this data to be directly connected to the information that companies are already collecting for their own management, measurement, reporting purposes. Um So, you know, each year it could be 30 questions, 40 questions. Some of them are multi-part, but most importantly, we are always innovating and iterating on some uh, questions to be responsive to what we know companies want to report and, and use internally for their own purposes. So, uh, what we hear is yes, that it's definitely an investment, but it's worth it because, um, What results from that is the benchmarking data that they can use all throughout the year. And when they're going into that meeting with their CEO or into their board meeting, they can really back up that benchmarking data saying not only do we have this level of data for our company, but we can compare that and put it in context with, you know... Uh, two-thirds of the Fortune 100 are also part of this study. So it's the industry leader out there, and that really makes it worth it for people.
0: That, that's great. And how do you define social investment? You began to touch on it, but I'd like to know, it's that's a, a newer word in the field. And so um, CCP is always leading with verbiage and terminology. So how do you define it?
2: We are really proud to have a long legacy as a standard setter. So our definitions live in our valuation guide. And like any industry standard, that should be publicly available for all to use. So it's on cecp.co. People can download it and look at how we're breaking down um, different definitions, sort of the backbone of the survey, but also a standard to help people answer questions. Well, what are you including in that? How do you decide what's in and out? So social investments is a term that is really important to us because it's a reference to the fact that companies are doing this because of an expected result, expected value creation that's coming back to them, to society, to their stakeholders. Um, So that's why the word investment is particularly crucial. But you'll see, particularly in giving in numbers, there's a deep dive on corporate giving from the corporate foundation, from corporate budgets. All of the work around engaging employees and allowing the employees to bring their personal purpose to bear at work through volunteering and through giving and through even, you know, additional uh ways that they can even bring their skills to the table. So social investments is that leading term, inclusive of a lot of uh activities and and methods that companies use to kind of activate um the, the changes that they want to see on various social issues. Great, great. So Gosh, with all of
0: that as great background, Andre, what was the key finding or findings that really made the report this year,
1: Yes, thank you. So yes, the data showed many trends this year, but there are definitely s- around seven key trends that we highlight in the report. And I would like to talk a little bit so- about some of those uh, important trends we observed in this year's data. One of them being that the, the fact that matching gifts actually decreased. And since I can remember, since I've started working at TCP, it's the first time that I actually see such decrease in the median Dollar value of the matching uh, co- matched contributions from employees. This uh, this amount actually decreased by seven percent between 2016 and 18. Uh, one of the drivers of this decrease was the reduction in offering, but also in expenditure uh, or donations from employees into workplace giving campaigns. Typically, this is deducted from. Uh, through payroll deductions uh, from employees. So this is one of the drivers of such decrease in matching gift contributions. And we wouldn't want the audience to leave without knowing what happened to the median number of total giving Has giving increased or decreased in the course of the last three years. And I'm really happy to see that uh, total giving has continued increasing this uh, in this year's report. We show that giving actually increased by 11 percent between 2016 and 18 so it's really encouraging to see that companies are very committed to all these social contributions and social investment also another important trend is that international giving keeps uh, growing it increased by nine percent in the course of the last three years by international giving we're referring to all the contributions outside of the company's headquartered country and Another important fact is that volunteer participation rates uh, has maintained or has remained steady in the last three years, around the values of 33 to 34%. And this goes along with an increase in the number of volunteer hours uh, on an outside company, which increased by 3% in the last three years. Uh, also, we see how important it is for companies the role of the full-time, what we call the full-time equivalence. Uh, the definition of this is all the, all the staff that works in the CSR units of these uh, companies that participated in, in the survey. All the people who who have contributed into, into these uh, departments. So despite of even overall employee headcount decreases, we've seen that even within some of those companies that saw such decreases across the board, the number of FTEs has actually increased. And definitely uh, when including all companies, the the growth rate of FTEs was around 12% in the last uh, five years compared to total employees of the same companies which only increased by 5%. So some of these are these are some of the most important trends we observed in this year's report.
0: So so let's take look at all of those major findings. And you know what are you there's obviously there's less in matching but there's more in giving. Correct. And so what are you, why do you think this is happening? And where is the emphasis in terms of output? How are we going to see it?
1: Absolutely. So uh, part of the... Total, the of the increase in total contributions come from the commitments or budgets of all these corporations. Let's remember that total giving uh, consists of direct cash, all the cash that comes from the corporate side or foundation cash uh, around seven out of ten. Of these companies actually have a foundation and non-cash giving, and this is a crucial one. When we say non-cash giving, we're referring to all those in-kind donations from employees. This can be manifested in the form of pro bono services, in which employees can apply their skills-based volunteering, or it can be uh, it can also consist of product donations from companies or other types of non-cash giving. So we we observe from the data that the contributions not only come from matched donations, but employees find other interesting ways in which they can contribute to the causes they can relate more to. And employees are really excited to contribute through the use of their time, their skills, and also they appreciate having more Flexibility in terms of their own schedule and having more um, more options in terms of what causes they can contribute to when there are more limits in terms of the of the causes they can contribute, this uh, definitely doesn't have a good effect in the in, in employee engagement, not only in terms of the participation rate but also in terms of volunteer hours
0: okay so I would love to know uh, we're constantly asked when we 're doing work for clients. Um, to help them set up their policies, um, help set up a foundation and the policies within. But they get really granular and say, how many hours of paid time off should we give? And I don't know if you, do you get that granular in the report to have a sense of, is it eight hours or 16? Or does it get to the higher end, such as PNC at 40 hours of paid time off? Or even Salesforce, which I think is 52 or 56 hours a year of paid time off. It's
1: interesting you mentioned this because uh even though this number can vary across different industries and types of companies, we actually measured this metric with, with this uh, indicator for the first time in this year's report. And from the analysis, we know that companies are putting in writing just how much time they allow employees uh, to volunteer on company time, commonly which they commonly call uh, volunteer time off. And in last year's data, we we realized that companies were offering employees an average of 20 annual hours. An
0: average of 20. That's getting up there. exactly. Great. That's skilled and and unskilled, but jump in, Carmen.
2: I would say that from what we've seen, it's usually not limited. So the volunteer time off can be used as they wish. But I was just going to build on what Andre said, that the most common number of hours of time off is eight. So the average is 20, but the most commonly offered is eight, which I think is interesting that it's it's more frequent to see a day um, mm-hmm. being available to companies. But there's some which are extremely generous and then driving up that average to 20 average.
0: hours. Okay. So I'm assuming you have Salesforce in there. And, <laughs> and I know you have PNC in there. For sure. For sure. Um, Carmen, what industries stood out? Because I know that you aggregate the data um, on industries. And so curious, you know, what stood out this year? How did it compare to previous years?
2: Yeah, I mean, in terms of the increases that we see in giving, um, once again, this is a, a common theme over the last few years. Healthcare was sort of in the lead and driving the increases around giving. Um, it was the technology and communications industries where we saw some, you know, higher levels of decreases. But of course, the, the big story is about growth. So most, most industries saw increases over the past year. And I should also just, as a, Side note, being that we are fans of definitions at CCP, the industry classifications we use are from the Bloomberg definitional system. Um, And I would also say to go a little bit deeper on the explanations around the growth in giving, not only did the median of total giving grow by 11%, as Andre mentioned, but also total giving as a percent of revenue increased total giving as a percent of pre-tax profits increased. So all of this is sort of pointing to that larger story of growth that this year we saw, I think, even more strongly than in years past. When companies describe why they're experiencing increases, they'll talk about um, strategic initiatives, they'll talk about global giving expansion, and then also being uh, plugged into the growth of the business at large, sort of driving some of the increases on their side. So, and those are Common across more than one industry. So the explanations around the girl's story are individual, but those are a few themes that we can kind of bubble up to the surface as the big story around the changes. So
0: let's go back to why. Why do you think that you're seeing mostly these large increases um, in volunteerism, in donations? And I'd also love you, Carmen, and Andre, jump in if you can, I know that you gave, because I talked to to Daryl, who's your CEO, that you did give guidance to the business roundtable regarding their new statement of purpose. Um, I don't know specifically what your role was, but I'm assuming that some of your data here was very helpful to them. So give me the why these changes are happening. And then also, if you can say anything about what you discussed with the BRT,
2: For CCP, we hear companies day in and day out talking about how they are increasingly purpose-driven, responding to additional stakeholders, thinking strategically about social strategies. And when you're thinking in that way, you're measuring your progress, you're setting yourself up for growth. So it's delivering results for the business. It's it's delivering New value, better value for customers, for employees, and then that—that's sort of the cycle of growth um, across the company as a whole. Because purpose-driven initiatives are sh- increasingly showing value and sort of core to, to strategy for companies that contributes to growth. So the reference to the to the BRT statement, I mean, we are really congratulatory to the companies who took that step to sign on there's a lot of um companies and CEOs on that list that CCP is really proud to work with most of them for for many many years um and it is really aligned with how CCP thinks uh about the ways that our economy is changing the ways that companies are thinking about their own sort of long-term growth uh path so um so, yeah. So, I mean, we're we're generally aligned with seeing how that that will change. And we know that many of them are going to be at our board of boards conference in February. We'll be sort of tackling similar topics. Um, and there's there's so much of this. I mean, you know, well, Carol, how many how this move has sort of been bubbling up through um, letters to investors, all through the media, consumer response and demand. There's 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 support coming from all sides for companies to uh, take anything, if anyone still has it in a siloed function, sort of really bringing it to the fore as, as core to how the business functions.
0: Certainly, you know, living their values and in and, and action and changing their behaviors and, and integrating across the organization. So uh, giving a number certainly does help there. Um, Andre, I'm curious about what social impact areas um, you saw um, having the biggest jump in terms of support from companies this year. And why do you think these uh, areas uh, were supported so well?
1: Yes. So uh, this year, when comparing total giving or the median of cash giving from this uh, Fortune 500 companies and all the companies that actually participated in the survey, uh, there has been an increase in the median cash giving of most of the program areas that we measure. The program area that increased the most uh, in the last three years was disaster relief. Although one has to mention that uh, disaster relief only uh, accounts for only 3% of total contributions, but any increase in in a smaller proportion of the total giving allocations can be significant or can be magnified. And, and this was the case in 2018 because disaster relief increased by almost 70% And this is due to the increase in the number of natural disasters that we have been witnessing in the last three years. Especially in 2017, we remember there were uh, an increasing number of wildfires. We had hurricanes, Maria, Harvey. We also had earthquakes in Mexico and many other natural disasters. We also took a look into external data to calculate the number of those natural disasters, and the trend is that they have been increasing. So it makes sense when we see that the contributions into disaster relief has been increasing, which was the case for, for this year. The following areas that increased were community and economic development and environment. Uh, economic Community and economic development increased by 42%, and environment increased by 26%. And uh, this is also important to note that health and social services remains as the top one uh, program area where companies allocate their contributions, followed by education.
0: Aha! Uh-huh. And has that changed? I know I know disasters changed a lot, um, but have the other areas changed in terms of uh, their importance?
1: So, pretty much the allocation has remained very steady in the last in, in the last years uh, when we. With this, I'm referring to the um, let's say the share of each of the program areas. Although we see some some changes, like disaster relief, last year it represented six percent of all, all contributions. This year it represented three percent. But uh, within this sub world of of a smaller absolute number of contributions, we saw inc- uh, a significant increase in the in those contributions. But uh, other air, er- interestingly, other areas like. Um, Health and social services, which accounts for the largest proportion of of per of total giving, it actually decreased by ten percent. Okay,
0: so in terms of, I always um, love to get new insights, and I and I look through the data, but I also look at the verbiage and giving in numbers. And you're always talking about trends, and you're giving suggestions about how companies can. Evolve and have much greater effectiveness of their engagement. So I'm curious about um, what you could glean from your responses to any innovations in volunteerism. Um, are you seeing uh, different spreads in terms of skilled versus unskilled? Are you seeing some innovations uh, using a lot of digital engagement or reporting? So just curious about what you found in the volunteerism sector of the report.
1: Yes, uh, the trend is that companies are increasingly offering uh, flexible scheduling and paid release time together. Uh, when they offered both types of volunteer programs, we saw that the volunteer participation rates increased more than, uh, than in other combinations of, of offerings. And actually, the percentage of companies that offer either or any of those two types of volunteer programs has been decreasing. Uh, uh, in when analyzing the percentage of companies that are not offering neither of, the, of those two types of programs, have, that percentage of companies has actually decreased. So it's interesting to see the synergic Effort or synergic uh, benefits of offering both types of volunteer programs that allow employees to play around with their with their time to make it more convenient for them and to make it easier and more accessible. That's one trend about volunteerism. The other one is that uh, pro bono service, which is one of the I would say the category of skills based volunteer program that uh, that has more prevalence or is more resounding, and in our research has increased um, the percentage points in, in 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 terms of the change of the offering uh, of pro bono service. The percentage of companies offering it increased by seven percentage points in the last three years. So that's also really important to note, and and it again cons- in. in in accordance to what I mentioned before, paid release time and flexible scheduling are the two volunteer programs that were offered the most, not only domestically but also internationally, which uh, makes sense based on the comments and the and the feedback we we get from companies
0: and did Does the report allow um any sidebar information regarding innovations in employee engagement? because I know we're asked about that constantly. Um, so is there anything you can share with our listeners?
2: We asked companies, building off Andre's point about, uh, flexible flexibility and being able to use company time. So this idea of thinking of new ways for companies to, or excuse me, employees to be able to serve, we asked whether or not they're effort offering virtual volunteer opportunities. And, What's your guess, Carol, on how many companies are offering virtual volunteering? Um, probably more than five. <laughs> I'm sure a lot. Wow. 36%. Yep. 36%. I was surprised as well. One third of companies have already gone down the pathway of finding virtual opportunities, whether that's mentoring to um, you know high school students or offering some capacity building to nonprofit partners. But this idea of people being able to volunteer, serve, help build capacity in the social sector, I think is something which is a way that companies are innovating and allowing more of their colleagues and team members at their companies to really be able to say, it's hard for me to get away from my desk to serve, but this is a way that I can kind of really uh, make make a contribution um, in a different way.
0: Well, that's, that's great. Any other um, tidbits that you can share about uh, uh, in volunteerism specifically?
1: Yes, and and to add, To add to that point, uh, new in this edition of Giving Numbers, we asked, uh, what are the top strategies that companies use to increase the rate of employee volunteerism? And the top three uh, strategies that they use are first, activate local volunteer champions or volunteer councils. And second one is to increase the convenience of the service. For instance, giving employees better locations or ac- access to to different places or the timing also plays a crucial role in this. And then the third most important strategy was uh, to create brand volunteer program offerings that are in line with, uh, again, with the branding of the company.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's, that's really helpful. Um, I know that measurement... Uh, we're constantly asked, "How can I measure our engagement, our impact?" And so, Carmen, I'd love to to hear what trends are you hearing from your members regarding measurement. Um, it takes time, it takes an investment, and I know that when we're asked, and then when we say you're going to have to do X, Y, and Z, and all of a sudden it falls off the plate. But I'm sure now with integrated reporting and the value of engagement is growing. So what trends are you seeing and what insights can you share with our listeners?
2: Um, One big trend, which you can see right in the table of contents of Giving in Numbers, is expanding the impact areas that companies are trying to measure. And by that, I mean social results. So that could be an increase in graduation rates, um, number of months that someone is stable in transitional housing, if they've been in a domestic violence situation. Um, That type of social results, I think, is well understood in the CSR space. Companies have a sense of what it means to think about measuring outcomes, maybe even pushing to the level of measuring impacts. But what's new when I say we're expanding is going deeper on the business impacts. What does that mean? So that means companies thinking about how does our social strategy actually affect our employee base? How does our social strategies affect our brand or customer loyalty? That, That thinking is not new. There's research that goes back decades on that front, but companies sort of building it into the operations and building it into their measurement practice is what we're hearing from our companies. And what we're seeing is, is this sort of larger move. So we started to say, you know, are you, or aren't you? That's obviously the first question, because for some companies, for example, if you're corporate foundation led, you need to keep things at arm's length. You may not, you may choose explicitly not to try to measure the, uh, effect of, uh, certain programs on the brand. But we found that in the case of employee metrics, so what is this doing for your employee base? How is this improving any employee engagement metrics that the company might be tracking at large? Four out of 10 companies are already there. They're already trying to measure that type of work. It's a little bit less on the brand side. So it's only three out of 10 companies that are already down that path. But I think that there's anecdotes. There's people sharing examples of winning business because of something which the company did, which was purpose driven. So that I think is one major area. I think on the social side, because that's still crucially important, you know, expanding to include business impact doesn't mean that the social results aren't still the bedrock of what we're trying to, to produce and drive for. But we always talk about how deeply are you measuring? Are you going to that level of outcomes? We've, we saw the biggest growth in terms of where companies are pushing to outcomes on the social results side in terms of their scope. So they're trying to get to that level of social results measurement across all of their grants. But interestingly, thanks to the wonderful analysis of Andre, we know that the companies that are measuring across all grants have a lower number of partners in their portfolio. So what does that mean? That means that they're seeking deeper partnerships. It's not about spreading as thin. This is not a new concept, but now we're seeing it pop up on the measurement side, on the social results side, which we think is really significant.
0: I do think that's really significant. And um, people who know me know that I use this line, focus is your friend. And so going deeper with lesser and then deepening the relationship and also innovating um, to move the social issue forward is really key. On the issue of innovation, Um, in terms of uh, employee engagement, company engagement, um, impacting new products, new services, new systems. Did you see any of that coming through and giving in numbers?
2: One thing that comes to mind for me is a new uh, exploration um, around new ways that companies are activating different assets within the firm for social good. And we had four categories that we tested this past year. How many companies are not just offering a typical internship, but adding in a component which shows uh, something connected back to a social issue. So this could be that it's not just offering an internship, but adding in um, layering about career planning and resume building for students, which might be at risk for not graduating high school, as an example. So it's extra resources from the company's side, but there's a social value to it. The internship piece is still sort of delivered for the company. And there's that intangible benefit of reorienting an old process for social good. Um, others are shared value. Uh, four out of 10 companies active there. That's just putting some numbers around something that we know is happening, that deeper integration of social strategy into business. Impact investing. Uh, three out of ten companies, and then digital donations, which we also think is uh, the beginning of some innovation for companies. The, pr- the predecessor, of course, is non-cash giving and donating product. But in an increasingly digital world, how are companies thinking about you know digital components of their work that they take for granted, which might be sort of still out of reach for the nonprofit and the social sector, and and trying to find that way for their partnerships to evolve. And we think that there's some innovative stuff happening there.
0: And and speaking of innovation, I I would be remiss if I didn't talk about Silicon Valley. And um, Silicon Valley has been, you know, looked at as um, not as fully engaged um, in giving employee volunteerism in social strategies. And um, a few are seeing the light, for sure. I'm wondering, where did they rank in terms of your industries um, in your data and are you seeing um, some brighter lights uh, beyond, obviously, a Salesforce or a Microsoft, um, who are doing amazing things?
1: So we don't per se do rankings of, of the of the companies, but definitely the technology industry uh, had some some interesting uh, behaviors this this year. Uh, and some of the things we found is there. It's in, in something that can be reviewed in one of the sections of the report pertaining to the benchmarking of the different industries. And this is a section that will allow you to compare the technology industry against all other uh, industries. For instance, we know that their median total giving was $19 million, which is pretty much higher than many other um, industries like the financials industry or even the the materials industries and and utilities uh also it's it's really interesting to see their uh percentage of total giving uh or the their median matching gives as a percentage of, of total cash. I would say it's actually the the highest so the proportion that that the companies have matched from the employees' donations as a as a ratio or as a percentage of all cash from that company is the highest among all other industries. It's 26%. So 26% of all the total cash from, that was donated by the technology industry was matched by the company from employees' contributions. So those are some of the highlights that I could point out from the technology industry. Of course, there's always room for improvement for any industry, and uh, but this is these are some of the findings we, we have in this year's report.
0: Yeah, not to embarrass anybody who's listening, but last time I looked, I know Microsoft was matching. I think twelve thousand five hundred dollars, um, if an employee donated that, so that was a twenty five thousand dollar um donation. It could be even higher. So um, there's, I mean, really interesting leaders and laggards and such. But um, I, I'm really, I'm so thrilled that you're doing giving in numbers. We are unfortunately getting to the bottom of this podcast, but certainly not to the bottom of the riches in giving in numbers. Um, Carmen and Andre, um, what parting comments would you like to leave with our listeners so that they realize that this is just a goldmine of information for them to truly advance their work?
1: I would like to start by saying, by first of all, thanking. I want to thank all the companies that participated in the report. This actually builds into creating more common good for all companies, uh, affiliated and even non-affiliated companies have participated in this survey because uh, they know the intrinsic benefits of providing information that allows to understand in a better way what have been the latest developments in. Corporate social engagement, in terms of total social investment, in terms of employee engagement, all these topics that help companies maximize the contributions they can um, do in society. So this is really something that we appreciate and we encourage all companies to continue, all companies that have participated in the past and new companies as well, to be part of this collaborative effort that will help build uh, this common good uh, product or 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 benefit for everyone. So, thank you all to all the participants of Giving Numbers 2019.
2: And I would I would build on that. I think I said it at the beginning, but I'll say it again. We think of this data as our company's data and we are the fortunate stewards to be able to Uh, provide them with custom benchmarking for those that are part of ccp's actual coalition but giving in numbers is something that ccp has made freely available to the public since its beginning and the reason for that is to really advance the movement and the effects of the report are um, above and beyond anything that we could even fully know i was speaking at a conference um internationally over the past year and someone came up to me at the networking happy hour and said i wait for giving in numbers every year i download it i use it with my clients i'm pushing them around measurement and i had that moment of the the fact that this is something that because of all the companies that contribute to the survey um, and having this this freely available the effects of how companies are increasingly purpose-driven and you know they're able to walk into meetings not just with uh, a proposal for how that company can act, but the quantitative proof to say that this is industry standard and that their company can and should do more. I think is something that is is inspiring each year. Specific to this year, I would want to call everyone's attention to the fact that we've got an expanded measurement chapter and we've got expanded findings around global giving, which we know is demand from our clients. Um, and so we just want everyone to know who might be using the report that those are. In addition, as you said, the riches are sort of uh, difficult to, to summarize, but those are two areas that I would definitely bring everyone's attention to, to make sure that they dig in. And lastly, share our, share your feedback. So reach out to us. Um, our our main inbox is info at cecp.co. So tell us what you wish was in the report. Uh, tell us something that you found particularly useful um, so we can make sure to keep delivering on that.
0: So, so that's a terrific closing to this. So I I want to thank Carmen and Andre um, and CCP. Uh, and by the way, giving in numbers just came out about oh a couple weeks ago. So this is very fresh. It's really important. And um, again, it's it's you're so gracious and sh- and in your sharing to members who aren't. So I think it's wonderful that you, as I have done for over, gosh, 25 years in terms of the research I have put into the field to grow it and to expand the movement. So I want to thank you as a practitioner. I want to thank you on behalf of my clients and future clients. And I would just like to say to anybody out there, by the way, and here's my plug for CCP. Whenever I meet a new company, I always say, do you know about CCP? Your CEO should join. Your team should go to their incredible summit." Um, They are true, true uh, leaders in the field. And, um, you know, Charlie Moore, who was head of it for almost 20 years, and now um, Daryl Brewster, great, great leaders. They truly believe they're passionate, but they're smart business people. They know about the power of and business impact and social impact. And so, again, I want to thank you. And I want to just leave the question with our listeners What is your purpose?